Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this critical question. What is the enemy's greatest weapon of mass destruction in our lives? Ooh, ooh, this is going to be a big, meaty topic today, folks, so buckle up. Now, we are in the middle of a series on truth. So, you know, you might be able to guess what the enemy's greatest WMD is if you if you think about it for a sec. Uh, in the last episode, we really honed in on how central truth is to the Christian faith. I discussed how Christ's primary purpose in coming to earth was to testify to the truth. That is what Jesus says in John chapter 18, verse 37. Then I highlighted some shocking new research from Barna, which shows that 58% of Americans and 48% of born-again Christians do not believe in universal truth. You know, that is a truth that applies to everyone. <laughs> and you know, it is kind of problematic when half of all born-again Christians, the, the, the people who claim to follow Christ, don't even believe in the primary thing he came here to do. That's a problem. Then I gave you seven attributes of truth that every believer should know. By the way, I wrote an article that summarized some of that information from the last podcast, and I'm going to link it for you again in this podcast. So in the last episode, I, I established that truth is the central issue of our faith. It was Christ's primary purpose. It was his very identity. And that is why the attack on truth is the greatest threat to both our faith and our culture today. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the greatest threat to truth. That is the enemy's weapon of mass destruction. It is the drumroll, please. Lie. Yeah, yeah, you see how that works? Jesus was all about truth, so naturally Satan is all about lies. It's not rocket science here, folks. It's, it's pretty easy to spot when you know what to look for. If Jesus's primary purpose is truth, Satan's primary purpose is the lie. So in this episode, we're going to look at one of the primary ways that the enemy lies. We're going to examine his tactics and peer into his playbook. We are going to look at the way he twists and contorts words by redefining them and by using nasty labels. And in order to do this, we're going to, we're going to look at some theology and some history. And I'm going to show you a, a really great example from a piece of classic literature. And then we're going to look at how the enemy is lying in our media. And finally, I'm going to leave you with God's answer to all of it, how he defeats the plans of the enemy. And I'm going to show you how he does that with one of my very favorite hymns. That's the plan, and that's a lot of ground to cover. So let's get started. 
Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Before I dive into today's topic, I want to remind you of the Spark Media Fan Awards. You can vote during the entire month of February. I'm going to that conference in March and would really appreciate your vote. It's free and, you know, just take you a second. You can nominate Christian Parent Crazy World for the best female podcast because I'm a woman. W-O-M-A-N I'll say it again Actually, um, I won't say it again because, because Peggy Lee said it a lot better But you know, I try And you could also nominate this show for Best Solo Podcast Because I lock myself in a room for hours Just me and my computer And pray that the kids don't burn the house down In order to, to make this whole thing happen But you can find the link for Spark Media in the link section on Life Audio or on my website, or if you're listening on another platform, you can go to sparkmedia.ventures and click on awards. Oh, and you know, speaking of other platforms, I just found out that you can do podcast ratings now on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. Those ratings really help us in search engines and in growing the podcast. So if you would take a second to do that, I would really appreciate it. Alrighty, on to today's topic. Yes, the enemy's favorite tactic to destroy us and our children and our faith is lies. That is no secret. Jesus didn't mince words about his own purpose, which was to testify to the truth, and he didn't mince words about the enemy's purpose. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus says, quote, 
he, and he's speaking of the devil here, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Oh, gosh, I love that. Jesus lands one right between the eyes there. Nothing vague about it. So clear, so focused. Satan is a liar. He lies every time he opens his mouth. That is his primary purpose and his chief weapon is lies. The enemy has made lying into an art form. But, you know, I think I've put my finger on what might be his favorite kind of lie. This kind of lie is you ubiquitous in our culture right now. It is everywhere. What is the enemy's favorite way to lie? The enemy loves, loves, loves to change the meaning of words. And I think he gets a triple scrabble score when he can take a word and make it mean it's opposite. He loves to do that. And he especially loves to do this with labels, false Labels, calling somebody the opposite of what they are. We're going to see a lot of examples of that today. Mm -hmm. The enemy lives for that kind of linguistic gymnastics. Later on, I'm going to give you a ridiculously tragic example of how he is doing this in our media. Actually, two, two examples. So now the enemy has been distorting the meaning of words from the very beginning. But before we examine how he has done this, I want to talk about how important words are in scripture, how important words are to God. In the last episode, we talked about how Jesus is the word. He is literally the word of God in human form. Words are vitally important in the Bible. Consider this, the entire universe came into being through the sheer power of God's word, his spoken word. You know, he he could have waved a wand or or twitched his nose or merely thought about a universe and, and poof, it could have happened. But that is not how he did it. He spoke the world into existence with words. And then in the garden, the enemy twisted God's word, his instructions to Adam and Eve, and he has been twisting the meaning of words ever since. <laughs> that is what he does. He twists and, and contorts and lies. Like I said, he loves nothing more than to take a word and redefine it to mean the opposite. He said to Eve about the forbidden fruit, surely you will not die. But they did die, not physically at that moment, but they did die spiritually. In that moment, the moment Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they died a spiritual death and they were separated from God. That is why in order to be saved, Jesus says that we must be born again of the spirit. You see, we are born alive physically, but spiritually we're born dead. When we accept Christ as our Savior, our spirits come alive. That is what it means to be born again. And yet, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I'm gonna. 48% of born-again Christians don't believe in Christ's main purpose in coming to the world. 
which was testifying to the truth. So sad. So throughout scripture, Satan lies often with false labels. He loves to make someone out to be the opposite of who they really are. He convinced God's people that the prophets in the Old Testament, the messengers of God were were of the devil. So they murdered them. And then when his own son comes along, the son of God, the religious leaders called him a blasphemer. (laughs) In Matthew chapter 26, verse 65, the high priest accuses Jesus of blasphemy. The high priest, he is like supposed to be the closest man on earth to God. And he accuses God himself of blasphemy. Blasphemy is is the act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God. So so Satan accuses Jesus of speaking sacrilegiously about himself. Yeah, you know, he got a, a triple scrabble score on that one. And he carried that same lie on to the disciples. In Acts chapter 6, the religious leaders are arguing with Stephen. And and they can't keep up with this guy because he is filled with wisdom from the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So get this. They convince other men to call God's chosen vessel, his, his messenger Stephen, a blasphemer. So original, right? <laughs> Just like they did with Jesus and the prophets. Broken record. He does this over and over and over. <sighs> so they so they kill Stephen. And they end up murdering all the other disciples ex- except John. But, you know, tradition has it that they boiled John in oil and God miraculously saved him. So if that's true, then they tried to kill him too. Yeah, Satan pinned a false label on all of them and killed almost all of them. Triple Scrabble score. But, you know, not really. Satan doesn't get to keep those points. He doesn't win the game of words. I'll tell you who does in a bit. I'm pretty sure you probably know the answer. But let's keep going here. Let's move on to history. Satan keeps using the same tactics throughout history. He loves the false label tactic. Consider Galileo. He couldn't be right about a heliocentric universe because that denied the ruling elite's faulty, narcissistic interpretation of scripture, that we were the center of the universe. And they called him a heretic for denying their interpretation of the Bible with with scientific facts. And they threw him in jail for the rest of his life. The American revolutionists who who stood up against the totalitarian practices of King George, they were rebels without a just cause. American slaves were called chattel, and those who bravely escaped to freedom were called fugitives. The Jews in Nazi Germany were called parasites and, and degenerates. The enemy loves to redefine things, especially people. He loves to put a false label on someone. He loves to call them the opposite of what they are. Triple Scrabble score. (sighs) Now, for a few minutes, I want to draw your attention to the field of literature. It sounds so much more sophisticated when you say it that way, doesn't it? So I want to talk about a prolific book that perfectly shows the enemy's tactic of redefining words. 
I would say that this author was prophetic, although he claimed to have lost his faith as a teenager during World War One. I'm, I'm talking about George Orwell. If you haven't read his epic book, 1984, you need to. And if it's been a while, then you know, dust it off and pick it back up. Okay, so, you know, I have a bit of a true confession to make here. Uh, you know, I didn't read this book by Orwell until fairly recently, like in the last couple of years. I, I am a classic literature buff, but he was never on any of my reading lists. And my my personal tastes actually veer more towards 19th and, and early 20th century period pieces like, you know, like Hemingway and Fitzgerald and Henry James and, and George Eliot, who was a woman, by the way, and Charles Dickens and Oscar Wilde. Oh, I am wild about that playwright. What? Oh, Shakespeare. Well, he was much earlier, but love him. And of course, Miss Austen. Oh, love her. You know, I have a son named Bennett. He is named after the heroine in Pride and Prejudice. Love all of those guys and gals. I'm not, however, a huge fan of dystopian sci-fi novels, so I never read Orwell until 2020. And let me just say, <laughs> what a year to read 1984. It was, it was surreal. Nevertheless, you know, prior to actually reading Orwell, I nodded knowingly whenever someone tossed out the term Orwellian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is so Orwellian. <laughs> As if I knew what they were talking about firsthand, you know. But I mean, come on. We all do that, right? Yeah, we do. So if you don't know the novel, it was written in 1949 about a future society, which not coincidentally occurred in... 1984. <laughs> That's the title. And in this dystopian world, the government tries to control what everyone thinks. <clears throat> and the primary tactic that the government uses is controlling language, especially words. There's there's this one character in the book. His name is Syme. And it is his job to eliminate dangerous words from the dictionary. Ah! You know, if they can get rid of the word, well, then people can't communicate that concept anymore. So so they just got rid of words. But the words that they couldn't get rid of, the that they c considered to be dangerous, well, they just redefine them to mean they're opposites. <sighs> yeah, you know, Orwell, Orwell saw the tactic of the enemy so well. So there are these three slogans that they put on posters all over the cities in this nation, and, and they're blared across the airwaves of all of those cities. Those slogans are, war is peace, slavery is freedom, ignorance is strength. <sighs> Uh, yeah, like I said, Orwell was a prophet, but really he just had his finger on the pulse of how the enemy always works. Satan, Satan did it in the garden. He did it to the prophets. He did it to Jesus and the disciples and Galileo and the revolutionists and slaves and Jews. And he is still doing it now. False labels, making things into their opposites, silencing truth. That is what he does. And he's still doing it. Now, I told you I would give you that example from our media. I'll never forget. I'm reading 1984 by Orwell about how, how a government and a culture intent on destroying freedom redefines words to, to gain power. And I am shocked 
by a news story that I saw on CNN. Mind you, this is during the summer of love and spaghetti suppers, according to the mayor of Seattle, who allowed the downtown of that city to become an autonomous zone known as Chopper, Chaz, or whatever it ended up being, like for 24 days. Yeah, under orders from the mayor, the police abandoned downtown Seattle that was supposedly having a love fest. They turned the city over and tragically, tragically, three young men died. Yeah, finally, they brought the police back in after that. I've never been to a spaghetti supper where people died. It was awful. So this this kind of crazy stuff was happening all over the country that summer. So I'm watching the news out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, where there were riots after a police shooting. And this reporter is standing in front of a burning building. And he is talking about the, quote, largely peaceful protests. <laughs> and I was like, what? Then then the caption under this fiery landscape says, quote, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests after police shooting, end quote. Come again? I was like, could they not find 20 feet of not burning city to report in front of? Or, or did they not care? Were they so convinced of the power of their words that they could stand in front of a diametrically opposed reality and claim that it was the opposite of what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so 1984. It was positively Orwellian. And I can use that word now, honestly, because I've read the book. This is where we are, folks. We are living in a world where a, a summer of love and spaghetti suppers ends up with with three young men murdered and protests that set buildings on fire are called mostly peaceful. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The prophets are liars. The son of God is a blasphemer. And so are the disciples. Galileo is a heretic. The, the American freedom fighters were rebels. The slaves are chattel. Jews are parasites. Love festivals end with three coffins and fiery riots are mostly peaceful protests. War is peace. Slavery is freedom. Ignorance is strength. Triple scrabble scores. The enemy hasn't changed. He has always lied. He puts false labels on people. He takes a word and, and twists and contorts and redefines it until it becomes the opposite of what it was. He tries to silence or, in today's terminology, cancel truth. He's using different labels. We'll, we'll talk about some of those labels in a future episode. But that is how he works. Always has, always will. He has not changed. He's not that original. The enemy's greatest weapon of mass destruction is the lie. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. Those were Jesus's words. And I agree with Jesus. That is something that I always recommend doing, by the way, agreeing with Jesus. I think that's a very good idea. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. 
This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. So let's recap what we've learned in this episode about how the enemy lies. You know, I kind of just did that, but I'm, I'm going to do it again. We see these lies theologically throughout the Bible. The enemy has been making false accusations about God and anyone who follows God. And if someone is a truth seeker and a truth speaker, they will end up with a false label. We see these lies clearly portrayed historically with figures like Galileo and the American revolutionists and the abolitionists and the slaves and the Jews. Satan put a false label on any righteous and godly movement or person. We see those lies clearly prophesied in literature in 1984 by George Orwell, which which depicts a society where words need to be eliminated from the dictionary because people can't be trusted to use them. And words mean the opposite of what they are. War is peace. Slavery is freedom. Ignorance is strength. And we see those lies in our own media when a summer of love causes young men to die. And buildings to spontaneously combust at mostly peaceful protest. Mm, Yep. Yep. That is how the enemy works. And we must be wise to his ways. That is why scripture tells us to be wise as serpents because our enemy is a serpent. All the while remaining innocent ourselves. Innocent as doves. So, throughout this podcast, I've talked about all the triple-scrabble scores of the enemy when he pins a lie on someone with a false label and, and makes them into their opposite. And in many instances, he murders them. At the very least, he assassinates their character and, and reputation. Jesus said that Satan is a murderer and a liar. That is what he does. He lies about people and murders them or assassinates their character. But he didn't really get a triple scrabble score because, you see, Jesus is the very word of God. And he rose from the dead and he won that scrabble game, the game for words, once and for all. Yeah, Jesus smoked him. And the persecution of the early church when the disciples were martyred, That caused the gospel to spread. Smoked them there too. The enemy may win some little battles with words, but he can't defeat the word. As Martin Luther wrote in one of my all-time favorite hymns, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, he said, One little word shall fell him. (laughs) Oh, I love that line. So I just have to share some of these lyrics with you. Luther is talking about how the word of God, who is Jesus, will defeat the enemy. He says, the prince of darkness, grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word 
shall fell him. <laughs> what word is that, you ask? I'll listen to the next verse. It's awesome. That word, above all earthly powers, no thanks to them, <laughs> abideth the spirit and the gift are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Oh, how rich is that? They're going to sing it in heaven. I just know they are. So, the enemy loves nothing more than to twist and contort words, but one word shall fell him. That is the word of God. He tried his best to kill that word, but it rose from the dead and it lives in us. Moms and dads, it lives in us. And we must pass that word on to our kids. The enemy is twisting and contorting the truth out there in the world. He's changing the meaning of words and he's using false labels and he calls people the opposite of what they are. Teach your children to see what he is doing. Don't let that happen in your home. Let your home be a place where truth reigns supreme. Now, in the next episode, I want to uncover another big tactic that the enemy is using with words. This is in the field of philosophy. I want to trace a very popular movement back to its roots because it is producing some very toxic fruit. If you want to know how we've ended up with 50 plus genders and drag queen story hour, don't miss that episode. And, you know, I want to give you a quick update. In my first podcast of this year, 13 Ways to Be a Better Parent in 2022, I mentioned a few things I wanted to do in order to improve our family life this year. One thing was reinstituting family game night. We had gotten away from that for a while. Well, you know, we started that back up again. We're having a blast. The other night we were playing apples to apples, but dear me, oh my, how we laughed. My kids are wacky, which shouldn't be surprising. You know what they say about apples and trees. Uh, So, but, you know, don't underestimate how important quality family time is and building your relationships with your kids. And I also mentioned doing some getaway time if you can. Next weekend, I'm so excited, I'm taking my older girls on a weekend getaway. We're going to the beach and we're going to ride some bikes and play some games and watch movies and eat a lot of chocolate. But, you know, you don't have to do a big getaway. Just plan something special with your kids. Go to the park or a nature walk and play some games. You won't regret it. Well, That wraps up this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and and following me on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, oh, and I know maybe you could knit 
a CPCW sweater for your pet to wear to the dog park or the or the cat park. Actually, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if they have cat parks. You know, they probably out of a, a lot of cats up in trees. If they do, they'd have to call the fire department all the time. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, on second thought, why, why don't you just knit a CPCW sweater for yourself and for me while you're at it? That would be that would be really cool. Just a thought. Anyways, uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will send you some really cool free stuff and be sure to notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids, for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Katherine Seegers, visit her site, katherinesegers.com If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.